Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show where we discuss how we can rise above the human condition. We address topics that we all wrestle with because we're all human. And together we look for more positive ways to respond to the world around us. Thank you for joining us on the journey. We hope today's topic is exactly what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It is May 10th, 2021. And this week, we're coming to you from out of town. Um, I'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute, but uh, glad to be with you again. Another fun Monday morning. Looking forward to a great episode. So starting with a minute of transparency, we're going to call this one, Which Coast Are You? So that might sound like a funny question, but I'm asking it anyways. If you had to pick a coast, would you be East Coast or West Coast? Now, at this point in time, there may be no visible or ongoing feud between the two coasts, but back when I was growing up, it was a thing, mainly in the world of rap music. So on the East Coast, you had artists like the Notorious B.I.G., Sean Puff Daddy Combs with his uh, Bad Boys record label. And then on the West Coast, you had people like Ice-T and Snoop Dogg, among others. And for some reason, there was this battle between the two coasts for supremacy, right? The two sides just did not get along. Uh, it made for some pretty awkward award ceremonies. And in order to get things sorted out, um, Wikipedia explains that there have actually been multiple hip-hop peace summits uh, since 1996 in order to work through their differences. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and just assume that the differences between New York City and L.A., were not just felt by rap artists. My guess is that it was probably an entire generation of people focused on the differences out of either pride for their city or hatred of the other, uh, whatever it was at the time. So why are we talking about this? Well, the main reason is that the Transcend Human podcast is coming to you this week from the East Coast, more specifically from New York City. Now, I live on the West Coast, very close to L.A., Uh, But we're here in New York to help my daughter move into an apartment. Uh, She has to move out of the dorm for the summer session. And we're getting her moved into an apartment. And then my wife and I are going to head up the coast and do some sightseeing. And I think it was just this whole idea of jumping back and forth from the coasts uh, that made me really start to think about differences. So you've got the East Coast, Right Coast, New York City, City That Never Sleeps, The Big Apple. And then you've got the Left Coast, West Coast, Bear Coast, Golden Coast, L.A., City of Angels. Uh, Yes, there are a lot of differences. In fact, Ryan O'Connell on ThoughtCatalog.com lists some fairly interesting stereotypical differences between people who live on each coast. Uh, His article is called The 10 Major Differences Between New York and L.A. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, but just a warning that contains a lot of uh, adult language. So here are the 10 differences according to Mr. O'Connell. Difference number one, people in New York can be jerks as long as they are interesting. People in L.A. are often jerks without being interesting. Number two, people in L.A. think that they are the best thing since sliced bread. People in New York get beat down so often they understand what it takes to make it. 
Three, people in LA are all about exercising, eating right, tanning, and looking amazing. People in New York try to look like they are on death's door with skin as white as a corpse. Number four, people in LA are always between projects. People in New York are much more focused on finding their thing and sticking to it. Five, people in LA say they want to live in New York someday. People in New York say, I would never live in LA, though maybe San Francisco. Number six, people who live in LA deal with so much that they can probably live just about anywhere. People in New York find themselves locked into Manhattan, becoming Martians that have a hard time existing anywhere else. Number seven, dating in LA is difficult. Nobody knows where you go to find that perfect someone. In New York, you can find people easily, but nobody wants to settle down. Number eight, in New York, you are considered wealthy if you have a dishwasher in your apartment. In LA, you're only considered rich if you live in a mansion. Number nine, people in LA walk around in a fog from too much sun and not enough actual activity. People in New York walk around like they just drank that extra cup of coffee that they didn't really need. And finally, number 10, people in LA know how to make amazing salads. People in New York know how to make amazing bagels. Now, when I first started reading this article, I assumed this guy was from New York and he was out to bash the people of LA. But as he went on, it was obvious that he was willing to uh, poke fun at the people of New York as well. So I really enjoy articles like this, not because they're educational, thought-provoking, or something akin to rocket science. Uh, I simply love it when people unearth stereotypes. Uh, Maybe because I've never really viewed stereotypes as a bad thing. Unless, of course, it's being used to harm somebody or to keep them from living an equal life to everyone else. But to me, stereotypes, like the ones we just talked about, are fun, enlightening, and simply point out differences in people. Things we may not see in ourselves, but things that others probably see in us. Otherwise, they wouldn't become stereotypes. And the real reason I chose to tell this story in the Minute of Transparency is because it helps us to dive right into our topic for today, which is transcending differences. In this episode, we're going to cover differences versus similarities, crossing the invisible line, and proactive evasive action. Number one, differences versus similarities. So like we just talked about, people are different, right? We used East Coast versus West Coast just to get the conversation started. But you realize how narrow that illustration is, right? When I asked, which coast are you? There were probably a bunch of people who wanted to shout, I'm neither, I'm neither. Those are the two places I wouldn't be caught dead. Uh, I'm a Southern girl. I'm a guy that lives in the mountains so I can snowboard. I love the Great Plains. I will die on a beach in Florida. Uh, I'm Midwest through and through. And then there is Texas, which is technically another country anyways. <laughs> no offense to my friends in Texas. But that's the truth about us, right? We can't be clumped down into two small buckets like East Coast and West Coast because there are thousands of other places that people live and they love where they live. And I'm just talking about the United States, right? Throw in other countries and there may be people who don't even know what LA and New York are. But that's the flavor of the human condition. Uh, you've probably all heard warnings like this. Just think how boring the world would be if we were all alike. And I would agree 100%. In fact, there are probably more differences in people than there are similarities. 
uh, here are some areas where we typically see differences magnified. So obviously you have race, ethnicity, and gender. You have personalities. So take the Enneagram test, for example. What they do is they try to split people up into nine types. Uh, but even when you determine what number you are or what type you are, you find out that you have a wing. And then there are the other two or three numbers that were close runners up. So you add up all of these mixtures um, and these, like these unique sets of numbers that people come out to be, and you realize that there are hundreds of thousands of possibilities. Next, you have face and body features. So obviously the, the face and the body that you're born with. And then there are the features that you kind of acquire along the way <laughs> when we put on a little weight or we get a scar or maybe we get into a car accident and you know something happens to our leg and we don't walk quite the same, things like that. And then there are the ones that you choose to change on your own. So this could be things like, you know, people who get piercings or additional tattoos, things that obviously change your features um, on your own terms. Next, we have political views, a very obvious one from this past year. I mean, it's not rocket science. We've always had political differences in this country, but last year made it glaringly obvious how split people are over their political beliefs. And then finally, of course, we have religious views, which rank right up there with the political views, right? Since the dawn of time, we've sought to understand the divine, the spiritual, and even within a mainline denomination like the Catholic Church, for example, um, you will find all sorts of different belief variances, uh, country to country, and even person to person uh, when you talk to people. But even after all of these glaring differences, there are similarities, right? Nobody talks about them, but they are very foundational to our species as humans. So as a Christian, I believe that we have the following similarities. We are all created by the same God. We all have bodies with blood running through our veins. We all have to eat or we'll die. Uh, we all have to eliminate waste or our bodies will shut down. We all breathe air, and if we don't, there's a big problem. Uh, we have all been exposed to this thing called the sin virus, which we've talked about many times uh, on, the, on the podcast, and we pass it on to our offspring. We all experience the human condition. Uh, some of us seem to have an easier time in life. Others seem to never get a break. Um, but in both scenarios, the end result is the same. God sent Jesus to earth to live the perfect life and die a death that would cover us for the things that we did because of the sin virus. And it doesn't matter how different we are, this is one of those things that we all have in common. A second chance at life, an escape from the death that is coming for each of us. Yeah, we'll talk about this a little bit more toward the end of the episode. Number two, crossing the invisible line. So what happens then when we are faced with differences? When two people butt up against each other and their differences start to cause friction? when two countries with different ideologies start to experience conflict, when the political divide widens and the other side seems to be off their rocker, when two religious groups see each other as a threat. I think it's obvious, right? Just look back through history. Differences, or viewing other people as different, has often led to conflict, chaos, fighting, war, broken families, failed relationships, divided countries, and even, at the worst, 
genocide. The truth is this, the more we focus on our differences, the greater the chance that we will enter into conflict with that person or religious group or political group or country, etc. It's failing to see our similarities that keeps us in conflict. But this is where the invisible line comes into play, a line that is very hard to define and is often hard to see but one that completely changes the way we will move forward and interact with that person, group, or country. On this side of the invisible line, our similarities are what can save us. If we could just focus on what we have in common, then we would have far less conflict, and we would be in a good position to work together and make things better in the world. But on the other side of the invisible line, there are differences that cannot be ignored injustices that you can't just gloss over by looking at our similarities. On this side of the line, two political rivals should be able to agree to disagree and work together for the greater good. On the other side of the line, you have scenarios like this. Countries where human trafficking is tolerated. Countries where systematic killing of infant girls is okay because families find boys more valuable. Hate groups, even in our country, whose agenda is hatred, racism, and violence. See the difference? We all see differences between us and those around us. And on this side of the line, it's up to us if we want to glorify the differences or the similarities. But on the other side of the line, we're faced with injustice and behavior that seems to go against the very laws of humanity itself. There is an invisible line right there, in the middle of the two, and each of us has to figure out where it is for us. What things can we tolerate in order to focus on our similarities? And when do the differences cross that line and require us to stand up and say something, to let the person, group, or country know that we just cannot tolerate the behavior because it is flat out wrong? It's a crime against humanity itself. Number three, proactive evasive action. So we're going to stay away from the other side of the invisible line for now. Um, But just know that there are times when people need to call the police on people. People need to be taken to court. Protests need to happen in order to bring awareness to the injustices seen in the world. Or a country may need to impose sanctions on another country. Or as a last result, go to war to protect innocent people. All of that is inevitable, thanks to the sin virus. But for this episode, I just want to focus on this side of the invisible line, on the things that don't really cross the line, everyday differences that we face and how we face them. And I think we run into scenarios like this in at least these areas. First, when we respond to differences in people that we are not immediately connected to. So these are people like your neighbor that you haven't really met. It's the person in your neighborhood who doesn't look like you. It's the political group out campaigning on the corner. Uh, Maybe the religious group that meets in the school down the street. But whoever the person is or the group is, at some point in time, you may have to decide how you're going to engage that person. We can focus on our similarities and treat everyone as equals, or we can go the other way and create tension either by publicly engaging that person or group, uh, getting into public arguments or even fights, uh, using social media to bash others, or engaging others on social media and fighting that way. Next, we have 
responding to differences in people that we are connected to. So this group is a bit different, right? It's your spouse, it's your family, it's your girlfriend or your boyfriend, the in-laws, the outlaws, maybe it's a teacher, a friend at school, uh, a youth pastor, a coach. Uh, These are all people that you are in some level of relationship with. And yet the differences can be very apparent at times, right? I mean, my wife and I talk about this all the time. At this point, we're firm believers in this concept of opposites attract because we are a fully functioning example of that. Uh, We'll talk more about that in a future episode. Um, But I mean, you know, everything from political views to interests, our personalities, where we like to live, what we like to watch on TV. I mean, the list is endless. So with all of these differences, how have we not killed each other? That is a great question. Uh, But maybe it has something to do with the things we're talking about today. So when you look at these two groups of people, right, those who you are connected to and those who you aren't, do you see a difference in the way you approach each? Do you treat both groups as the same or do you treat one group better than the other? To wrap things up, I want to suggest that there is an invisible line within the invisible line that we already talked about that on this side of the first invisible line, there is also a line that we can cross in terms of our behavior. When we interact with people that we don't know and people we do know, there is a line that we can cross. And that line lives somewhere between focusing on our similarities and focusing on our differences. So let me illustrate with this. Let's say that my wife and I get into an argument over something that we feel pretty passionate about, right? something that we're definitely not in agreement on. And the debate or the argument begins to intensify. The voices start to get raised. And at some point, you find yourself at a fork in the road. That is the invisible line I'm talking about. And we have two options. Option number one, focus on the similarities. So obviously, this isn't easy. It's never been easy, especially if or when you're triggered in some way because of the topic you're talking about. There's also a strong family of origin thing that happens in these situations. So what did you see growing up? How did your parents handle disagreements? This often comes out by default, whether good or bad. But if you can focus on your similarities and your shared vision, you should be able to continue the conversation, even if you know that the end result will be agreeing to disagree. Number two, the other option is to focus on the differences. This typically leads to voices getting higher. The situation is escalated. Unfortunately, it leads to people saying things that they can't take back. And in the worst case scenarios, allowing anger to lead to physical altercations or violent behavior. And this is why I refer to it as the other invisible line, because it can be so hard in these situations to recognize when you're getting close to crossing it. And once the line is crossed, there is often irreparable damage done to the relationship. Just using marriage as the example, again, when the line is crossed with verbal or physical aggression, there's an immediate impact on the other person. It creates doubt, it chips away at the trust that has been built up over time, and it leads to an environment where you feel you have to walk on eggshells all the time. And it often leads to broken marriages if the path continues in this direction. Now, I want to go off script here for a minute because this is really the entire reason why I wanted to do this episode. I mean, we've talked a lot about this concept of differences versus similarities and, you know, the other invisible line, things like that. 
But the real reason why I wanted to do this episode was just this level of sadness that I feel when I see relationships fall apart. When one person or even both people in the relationship cross that line too many times and, you know, the relationship gets to a place where it'll never be the same again, at least not without a huge amount of work um, and a, a lot of forgiveness on both sides. So let's move into the final section here. The main Two of the main things I really wanted you to take away from this episode. Uh, The first is invisible line number one. So what we had talked about, you know, determining when you can focus on similarities and when the differences are so great that you have to stand up and be on the side of humanity. And then the other invisible line, invisible line number two, which is making good decisions when interacting with those around you, choosing not to cross the line that will lead to broken relationships. So why was this section called Proactive Evasive Action? Well, I put a link to a YouTube video in the show notes. Um, So if you have time, go watch that. It's pretty interesting. But basically, it shows a U.S. military ship taking evasive action in order to protect itself. It's pretty crazy to see a ship that big moving left and right and changing up speeds as quickly as possible in order to um, either outrun somebody or to keep from uh, getting fired upon or or whatever the case may be. But I thought it was a really good illustration for us because if we can proactively determine where our invisible line is, I mean, actually draw a line so that we can see it and avoid it, then we will be more likely to use evasive action in the heat of the moment. We will have planned ahead for the danger ahead. So deciding in advance that we will focus on our similarities versus our differences. So when I really think about it, this is probably how my wife and I are still together. Um, We've kind of chosen proactively to focus on our similarities, to work together toward a shared vision. Uh, We've drawn lines in the sand on things like how we argue, how we talk to each other, um, the idea that there's no room for physical altercations, and that agreeing to disagree is an acceptable outcome. So let's land the plane. This week, ask yourself the following questions. Do you tend to focus on other people's differences or things that you have in common? Number two, have you been able to see the invisible lines at work in your life? Number three, if you tend to push yourself right up to that line or across it, what can you do this week to tone it down? to focus more on the similarities you have with other people than the differences. And finally, number four, what does it look like for you to be proactive with your evasive action? Thank you so much for being with us this week here in New York City. Um, Wherever you are, enjoy yourself, make some memories, and keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.